one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. All right, fans, welcome in here. This is Red Sox Beat, of course, brought to you by and on CLNS Radio. Listening to you, of course, us on many ways. Stitcher, iTunes, get us on Facebook, on Twitter at Red Sox Beat. You can get me and Jess as well on iTunes. I'm at jscal 18 underscore CLNS. Almost forgot my Twitter handle for a second there, Jess. Not good. <laughs> and you are at CLNS underscore Jess yes. Sagan. Good job. Oh, I got it. I you remember mine, but you almost remember yours. <laughs> I almost forgot mine. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh, before we get started, don't forget the show is brought to you by lynda.com, the fine folks at lynda.com, giving you a free 10-day trial. Yes, free 10-day trial, courtesy of lynda.com and CLNS Radio. All you got to do is go to lynda.com backslash CLNS if you need any help spelling. It's L-Y-N-D-A.com backslash CLNS. And free... Uh, 10-day free trial, over 4,500 different courses. Yeah, that's a lot of courses. Anything from web development, photography, visual design, and business, as well as software training like Excel, WordPress, and Photoshop, plus all the stuff that we use even to do these podcasts up there, I believe, as well. So great stuff taught by the experts themselves. So go on there, get claim your free 10-day trial today. Again, lynda.com backslash CLNS. Now that we got that out of the way, we got me forgetting my Twitter handle out of the way. <laughs> Jess, we got a great show today. I know we do. We talked about it. We got our Google spreadsheet up here with the lineup ready we may, to go. We may be the most yeah. prepared ever for this show. Most prepared we've ever been. And I'm not saying we've never been prepared before. We've had some great shows, but I actually had the time today, so I put some. I put a nice Google Doc together. We edited it together. It's great. So we've got a good show coming. Um, Jess, we got two weeks. Two weeks from today till opening day in Major is that League what Baseball. It is? I believe I, so. I've been seeing that all over Twitter. So if the, if Twitter's lying to me, then it's Twitter's fault. But yeah, two weeks yeah, till yeah. baseball is back, and good good news for everybody around here in Red Sox Nation because the Bruins aren't doing anything. Uh, they might make the may, might be making missing the playoffs the way they've been playing, losing how, five straight. How funny uh, would that Celtics, be if the Celtics, Celtics made the playoffs and the Bruins didn't? I would love it. Like cause nobody be great. would have expected lose, that. Celtics. Then the Celtics losing around, and then we can talk about the Red Sox, and more people can come flocking towards us. If you're already spreading the word about us, we appreciate it. Um, One other note before we get going here, you can find us now on Google Plus as well. So just search Red Sox to be on Google Plus. I've tweeted out the link a couple times here and there as well. So go on us. If you're on Google Plus, I know you all are, then go out there and check that out as well. We're up on there and working on getting us on Tumblr. Uh, We've posted a few things on Reddit, so we're getting ourselves out there. So if you're on any of those social media sites that we all – us kids love to use nowadays. Just go on there and search us and share the word. Spread the wealth. Spread the word. All right. We've got a lot to talk about. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop yapping my mouth off here and get to the real stuff. Uh, first, we're going to get going with some MLB headlines. we get we got some bigger stuff today to talk about. Uh, a lot of Red Sox news coming our way today. Uh, I want to talk about Ortiz being a baby. Yeah, you heard me. Uh, we got some obviously some fantasy stuff to get to as well. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, there's a big-name closer in the league who wants to come to Boston. Yeah, we'll talk about that as well. And uh, Hanley Ramirez getting adjusted out there in left field, and he, where he ranks among among the top outfielders in the league, according to ESPN. I found a little tidbit just right before we came on the air, so I'm going to share that as well. But uh, let's get started here quickly on the headlines. Let me just break these headlines down like always. We did the last couple weeks, and then we'll get Jess's reaction. So, number one, right-hander. I'm, I'm going to butcher this name, Jess. I'm going to do it. 
It's Jules Chachin. Is that how you say it? Jules Chassin was of the Rockies said he was being unconditionally released on Sunday was a surprise to him. Yes, he was released by the Rockies. Uh, apparently, it's most likely for the money situation. His season in 2014 was cut short due to shoulder issues. In 2013, he was 14-10 with 3.47 ERA. So if any team wants to claim him, they are free to do so. Kind of a shocker out there in Colorado. Uh, Miguel Cabrera of the Tigers is targeting an opening day return after his spring debut went well. He's 31 years old, 12 years in the league. We all know what Miggy can do. Um, he's expecting to, himself anyway to start opening day. Uh, Hugh Davis, like we reported, has had Tommy John surgery and it was successful. Um, he has spoken since then saying, I am feeling great and I'm good. I'm going to take this year to come back strong. So hopefully expect Hugh Davis to be healthy moving forward the rest of his career and come back strong for 2016. And finally, according to Alden Gonzalez of MLB.com, Chase Utley of the Philadelphia Phillies is available and, quote, easily attainable from the team. He is 36 years old, and like we know, all know the Phillies are trying to wash the team away and get people going. So those are your MLB headlines that we put, we pulled out this week for you. Obviously, you can search the web and find more if you want to, but those are the four that we found stood out. Now we're going to get Jess Thomas's instant reaction right off the bat here. Uh, first, the news coming out of Colorado, Jess, because I think Chasheen's release is kind of a shocker more than anything. Yeah, it really is. I mean, just looking at his numbers, he's had a couple of 10-win seasons, as you said. 14 wins just a mere two years ago and a pretty respectable ERA, and I think they were kind of relying on him recently as being one of their better pitchers, you know, two or two or three pitchers. 14 games is no nothing to shake a stick at, and he's on the Rockies, and they haven't really been a good team. That makes it even more impressive. So a little, little surprise in there that they would get rid of him because uh, he could he could be good for any any team. I mean, I'm not sure how he pitched in the American League, but definitely any National League team would probably do very well to have him as their three-starter. So definitely surprised about that. Yeah, I expect Shashin to be picked up. Again, if I'm butchering the name, I apologize. I don't know how to say it, but um, 14 wins in 2013 with uh, sub-4 ERA, barely under 3.5. It's a quality starter, and I expect the team to pick him up. Definitely. Soon. Miguel Cabrera, yeah, I mean, good for him for possibly open for the opening day, but I don't know. I mean, this guy has been battling, battling some injuries the last couple of years, and, and he is getting up there. He's not really getting up there in age, but he's getting up there in years in the league at least because he started when he was 19 years old, which is quite young for baseball players because sometimes they'll fiddle around in the minors until they're 24 or 25. So he's been he's been around for a while, and I wouldn't I'm not going to predict anything, but I wouldn't be surprised if he started going downhill in the next couple of years and start to lose some of his his numbers. He had his big triple crown and his amazing couple of years, and I think he might be on the on the downturn now and continue to get some injuries and kind of fizzle out over the next maybe four or five years. So so it's good for them that he's coming back, but I wouldn't count on him for an extended period of time. I agree. I, I, I think that he's getting up there. Like like we said, he's 31 years old. And uh, so stay tuned. Obviously, he's probably going to have a good year this year just because he's not old old yet. But just stay tuned on that one. Definitely. You, Darvish. Uh, we keep talking about him, and now it's all over. He's He's done. He had the surgery. He's good, but too bad for them because he would have really helped. He would have really helped the Rangers this year, and gonna have to wait a whole another year. And nobody wants to wait a whole another year. So disappointing for them, and we'll see if he comes back healthy because he hasn't been very healthy so far. Yeah, and a team like Texas who had so much success trying, getting to World Series, obviously not getting over that hump, had a crap year last year, and expected you Darvish to kind of help them 
lead themselves back into the promise of the spotlight of Major League Baseball this year. And now, obviously, he's not going to. So kind of another probably going to be a lost year for Texas unless they can kind of work trade in the mix later down the road in the season. But they're probably going to figure out what they have first before they kind of go and throw people at a starting pitcher. Right. And finally, Chase Utley. I mean, we call Miguel Cabrera almost old at 31 years old. Utley's 36, so I mean, whether he's easily attainable or not for other teams, is anyone really going to want him on their team? Because he's going down, he's last couple of years hitting in the 270s and, you know, between 10 and 20 home runs. Not nearly the numbers he used to put up because, face it, he's getting a little older. So I can see why they want to get rid of him, and I'm not really sure he's going to want him. Yeah, you're going to see, and this is going to be my rash reaction to this, but I think you're going to see Chase Utley be playing for the Phillies this year. I don't think anyone's going to take him. That's the thing. Um, He's under contract there, and I think that you're going to see him in a Philly uniform for the rest of the year. I just don't think anyone's really going to want If someone does take him, Jess, it's going to be maybe a contender at the deadline with an injury or so, so who needs that quality of player for half a year and then go from there after that. But I don't think you're going to see him be moved anytime soon unless there's a team that just wants a big-name player or a, a guy, maybe maybe Chase Utley takes a position on the team that he comes off the bench and kind of platoons with somebody. Who knows what will happen with that. But I think for now, I, I think as much as the Phillies are saying he's easily attainable and it's not going to take much, I don't know if anyone's going to put anything out there on Chase Utley just because he has been hurt in the past. And he's getting, Like you said, he's 36. He's getting up there. So no, He's not even getting up there. He is up there in age. So... 36 is old, even in baseball. So especially for a second baseman who plays uh, hard. Yeah, it's not like he's a pitcher. He's 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 the second baseman who plays like Dustin Pedroia. If, if you don't watch him all the time, so he he's he's definitely gonna have a lot of t- mileage on those tires. So it's definitely hard for the Phillies to kind of get yeah, I mean, for that just, one. It's just, That's for sure. I mean, between his contract and his age and his injury history, he's just kind of like these other guys. He's really good. Really, really good career for a while, and then once you hit a hit a certain age and start to get a couple injuries, then you're then you're uh, don't look so attractive to other teams, and you know probably he'll probably be retired within a couple of years. Yeah, I expect that. If not, I don't even know when his contract's up. Just I don't know if you've looked no. it up. I don't know if you've even seen it, but I don't I don't know when his contract's up. But I'm assuming whenever that contract's up, he's going to be done. Um, at this point in his career when he, again being 36 so those are your mlb headlines uh with with of course the great reaction from jess thomas oh, there you. um anything else you have anything else that we missed you might if you want to tweet at us go for it on facebook and we'll uh throw them into uh the description or we'll tweet out stuff and stay involved with us on social media as well now let's move on to some red sox news here there's a lot of stuff to talk about with the red sox again Lineups are starting to get shaped into form. People are starting to get sent down to the minors. Uh, quick note, Blake Swihart was sent down to the minors finally saying that uh, Farrell's saying he's going to have potential, just obviously he's got to get his games in, so we all knew that was coming. Um, but the big thing right now still in the Red Sox camp, I feel like, is the David Ortiz situation within the last week. He hasn't been playing, and the reasoning for the team first was dehydration, and apparently he had the flu. And there's a lot of new storylines coming out of, JetBlue Park, and I don't know what to believe, Jess, but I just feel like he's being a baby. I do. I just feel like he's come out on record saying he doesn't want spring game. I mean, he doesn't say he doesn't want spring games, but he doesn't like spring baseball. He thinks it's a waste of time for for his situation, and I think he just doesn't want to play. And yeah, he might be a little dehydrated. He might have been sick, but like, obviously, in the middle of the summer, he would have played these games. And I get it. It's spring training, but I think that's his point is he feels like spring's a waste of time. 
and so he's not, he's, he just doesn't want to play all the games that he's supposed to be in. Yeah, I mean, really, I, I don't really think it's an issue at all. I think it's a non-issue. I mean, he's been in the league for long enough. I don't really think he has to prove much to anybody. And if he was battling the flu, then obviously there's even less less reason to play in spring training. So I don't I don't really care. I think he'll he'll play when the season's ready. Hopefully, it doesn't become a problem where it's like. Oh, he's Dorothy's doesn't want to play, and he's going to take off time during the regular season. When that happens, it might be time to retire. But I don't think that will happen for now. I think he'll play when the season's ready. He just doesn't care about spring training because he's 39 years old and done it many times, and he just wants to, to play the season. But doesn't that set a bad example for his teammates? Like, yeah, I get it. He's the star, and he can do whatever he wants. But like, you have this guy who always preaches being a team and being a family and being a club, being a good, solid clubhouse. Yeah, he doesn't want to play these spring games even for a couple of bats. Yeah, you're right. It does. It doesn't send the greatest message. And obviously, if I pick that or pick like Pedroia, who would be after giving it his all and setting an example, I'd pick the Pedroia example. But I don't know. Ortiz is a, a different kind of animal, and I guess he shows his leadership in different ways. But I do agree it would it would set a good example for for guys. But I think everyone knows who he is at this point and what he does, and I guess nobody really gives him much thought. And he must be feeling okay though, because today I saw pictures of their game. Who I think they, I believe they're playing the Cardinals this afternoon. And he was in the dugout, not obviously not in uniform, just in his in a Red Sox no sleeve shirt, handing his bling around to his teammates, letting them try it on. Uh, he looked okay. He looked pretty um, upbeat and looked didn't look too sick. So maybe maybe he'll be back soon. But I don't know. I'm just not one. As much as I'm okay with stars getting some treatment because they, they're veterans. He should be playing if he can. I don't care if it's spring training. He's just as his time. He's got to be down just as much as everybody else. And as much as it's David Ortiz, I, I still think if he is actually not playing just because he doesn't want to play and he's hiding behind a little bit of dehydration, I get the point of why he wouldn't play. But I still, I'm still not a fan of it. I think he should be playing if he can at all. Yeah, I mean that's the key. Is he needs to be ready for the season and make sure he's make sure he's ready to to hit and and have his timing down. And if if he doesn't have that, then then there's concern. Like, why didn't he play in spring training? But if he's able to do that with playing minimally, then it should be all good. I'm telling you, I I think I think he's uh he, he just if he comes out in April and he's missing some balls and he's late on the ball and all this stuff, I'm put I'm putting it back on this because he should be I he uh he should be playing. And in April, if he's starting out slow, leaving people on base, especially where. He's going to have probably Mookie Betts, which we'll get to in a little bit. Hitting leadoff and getting on base, hopefully. Pedroia is going to be back there in the two-hole. And the bottom of the lineup's not going to be too much of a slouch either. We've talked about this, Jess. So if he's not getting runs in early in the season and, he, and he's not looking great, I'm going to safely assume that he's his timing's off and he didn't play enough in the spring, right? Like I, I And obviously I'm not, I can't get Ortiz in trouble yet because he hasn't done that. He hasn't sucked yet in April. It's still March. But I'm just fair warning now, everyone is listening, and you, Jess, that if he comes out in April and we're doing these shows and he's not producing like he should be, I know it'll be, but I'm going to put back to this. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't worry too much about it. What, didn't it a couple of years ago, didn't he not play the first month of the season, and then he just came out and was, was like really on fire? So, What was the reason for that? I forget. Do you remember? I don't. I can't remember what it was. Was it injury? Yeah, it was. was it an actual no, it injury? Was. Was, it, was it his... Um, was it an oblique, or was it wasn't anything major? No, I know that. The first month. Um, Who knows? I'm trying to figure out when it was. 
It was two years ago, right? Or was it? It was definitely three years ago. I don't think it was last year. No. <laughs> uh, either way, either way, he has he, he has done this before, whereas he's he's kind of eased his way into the season. And I get, I mean, I'm okay with it if he feels like his body can't handle the whole season. Right. But he looks in pretty damn good shape for everything we've seen. He looks like he's been working to stay in shape enough that he can play a whole season, and we know he wants to play a whole season. I don't, I don't question his drive once the games matter. I just question, and at least the, the biggest thing for me, though, in this, and I'll, I'll be positive for a second here, Jess, the biggest thing for me is that he's still around. He was in the dugout today. He was doing these things where a lot of stars like that would have been, oh, I have the flu, I'm dehydrated, I'm going to stay home, I'm going to just not come. Or not get my workout in. Whereas he came, and he was in the he was in the dugout during the game, being a guy that people want to look up to, regardless of if he's sick or not, or dehydrated, or just doesn't want to play. So that's a positive I will take out of this. Yeah, I mean he's he's a great club, clubhouse guy. That's that's what he does, and if he can still do that, then he's still helping guys out in spring training if he's not playing. So nothing to worry about. I don't think just wait for the season to start, see how he plays, and we'll 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 take it from there. All right, we'll get off David Ortiz. I just wanted to bring that up and kind of air my grievances a little bit because I, I am weary of it still. I, I will say that I am still weary of it, but I, that is the one positive I will take out of it, that he was still around and still there and ready to go. Um, next on my docket, if I have this right, Jess, is Shane Victorino. And, man, this guy cannot stay just healthy. And I get it, he's old, and he's probably never going to be 100% again. Um, but now there's reports out of Jeff Blue Park that he's only going to hit right-handed. He came back saying that he wanted to hit switch, hit switch again. He felt good. He, he was ready to go. And now he's saying that he's going to stay on the right side of the plate, at least for now, because he's feeling soreness on the left side of his body again. I mean, it worked out for him. He he hit well right, and switch hitting's good, but if you're not going to be effective at it, so there's not really a point to do it. And I think that's probably what he's thinking. And, yeah, of course the injuries are a little bit of a concern, but he's still playing games. I know he played yesterday, and... Once again, I don't really think it's a big deal. He'll he'll hit right-handed. Hopefully, he stays healthy, and we'll see what happens. If if the fact that he's hurt and still playing doesn't that show that why isn't Ortiz then still playing? Like you know what I mean? It's like it's kind of like a not the same. They're not on the same page here. It's Victorino sore, but is still playing and still on the field, whereas. Ortiz had not played in the couple games because of soreness, then it went to dehydration, it kind of domino affected from there. But at first, Ortiz was sore too, and he was not playing. So why is it that Victorino's sore and he's still playing, if you want to protect your players like they have Because he's five years younger than Ortiz. <laughs> yeah, but he is a lot more injury yeah, no, prone than Ortiz. I was, I was joking. C- kind, of, kind of makes up for it. Yeah, you would think that they would sit him, I don't know, he's such a, he's such a stubborn guy, I mean, he obviously wants to play. But it does make you concerned because, as we talked about a billion times, don't play if you're not healthy. And then he plays, and then tries to switch it, and that doesn't work out. So he tries to then tries to hit right handed. It's like figure it out, dude. Figure figure out what you're gonna do. I guess I'm glad he's figuring it out in spring training. But obviously, if it's injury related, why he's not hitting left handed, or potential injury related, like if he did hit left handed, that's obviously not encouraging. I hope he just is not on this team long-term. I don't know. I love the lore of Shane Victorino, especially during the, the World Series run and everything. You're a little tired but of him? At this point, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting a little tired of the act. I really am. And I really still want Mookie Betts to play right field with 
If you're gonna, if you're, I don't want Shane Victory to play. I'd rather have Mookie Betts play, and I want Ruznick Castillo up here, which doesn't look like he's going to be. But I would rather have Victorino benched and have Castillo in center and Betts in right, and still have Betts hit leadoff. I'm not saying put Castillo up there, but I just feel like Shane Victorino's time is coming past, and I feel like if he wants to be on this team, he can have a bench role, be platoon. But I feel like he should not be the starter. Obviously, I'm never gonna get that wish with John Farrell as the manager. Because we all know how much he loves his veterans. But I just feel like that's the better situation, especially because Betts is playing well, which we'll get to in a second. And he's earned, obviously, a spot in the starting lineup and hitting leadoff. Castillo should not be going to the minors. I know he says he'll accept it, and he'll go regardless. And it seems like that's what's going to happen, at least for the first probably month or so of the season. He'll end up in Pawtucket. But... I don't. He's hitting pretty well since he came back from that injury. Victorino's not 100%, and he hasn't produced last year when he was playing either way. I just think it's better off for the team to have Victorino come off the bench, be the spark plug that he can be, and just play a leadership clubhouse role guy that he is, which we all know I'm okay with that. He, he is that kind of guy. So if you can keep him on the bench, get, let him play every once in a while, and get let him be that guy in your locker room, it's going to help you more often than him being on the field, I think. But we all know that's not going to happen. That's a lot of crap because Farrell won't let it happen. Yeah, and that would be the best thing, too. I mean, he's he's a exciting dude. He talks a million miles a minute. He's funny. He's entertaining. So we keep the guys loose and keep that championship mentality of uh, leadership on the team that they had two years ago. So I think that would all be good, and I agree. I mean, it's... Like, hitting-wise and producing-wise, he's probably better off playing a little bit less and coming off the bench because, obviously, spring training numbers aren't anything to take a whole lot from, but he is hitting 3 for 19 for a 158 average this spring, which is not good at all. So, yeah, I could definitely agree with you, have him come off the bench, but probably won't happen, but he might just play and get injured anyway, so I guess <laughs> I guess they'll just take it a day at a time and see how things play out. Yeah, I just... I, I hope that a month in, this whole playing the veteran thing wears out. I hope Castillo goes and tears it up in Pawtucket like I think he's going to. Because if that it happens and that's the case, then we'll be able to sit here and say, okay, Castillo got his at-bats. He'll come up from Pawtucket. Victorino won't play well. I'm just sitting on it now. He's not going to play well. Um, and I think that by May, late May, early June, you're going to see Mookie Betts and Castillo playing center and right field. And... Victorino either not here or just a very limited role until the deadline. Yeah, I tend to think that probably be more likely to happen. I just don't want to completely count out Victorino because he's kind of like Pedroia where he likes to prove people wrong, and I want this like I have this like slight sliver of of hope that he will go out there and prove people wrong because I do like him and when he's when he's good he's good. So I'm gonna hold out hope that he'll do that, but it's probably more likely that he won't play as well as he used to and that the younger guys will take over. I was going to say, his production window is probably almost shut at this point in terms of consistency, and as much as his heart's there, like like you said, like like you were comparing to, say, Pedroia, then at least Pedroia has a little more talent left. Sure. Whereas Victorino, is pro- his window for talent is probably pretty closed at this point. And I hate to use the window closed expression, but everyone loves to use it in sports, um, especially around here with the Patriots. But it's just a matter of, I think that his talent is not there anymore, and I think even 100% of his talent right now where his his ceiling is at this age, I still think you're better off with Castillo and Mookie Betts teaming up to be one heck of a uh, tandem out there in the outfield, obviously with Hanley and left, and then 
you go from there. I, I still think that Farrell's making the wrong decision on this one. Well, I mean, I know he, I know he said that at the beginning of spring training that he would want to start him if if he's able. But I don't necessarily know if he's going to completely stick to that. I, I think he's going to do whatever's best for the team. And if he doesn't think that Victorino's being best for the team, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he sat him. I don't think he I don't think he's quite as as set on that as we may think he is. I could be wrong, but um, I think you're wrong. Fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> but you're wrong. I think. I think. I'm not 100 percent sure. Find out in two weeks. I, I'm I'm like 95 percent sure that you're wrong because. His track record's there. It's the track record of he always favors his vets. He likes the old-timer guys, He except for last year, obviously, when he had no choice because they got traded away. But he he likes his track record of playing the older guys. In Toronto, he, had, he always had Jose Reyes in there. He always had his vets in rather than letting the young kids play despite being out of contention, all that stuff. He loves his vets, and if Victorino says he's healthy, which he will most of the time just say he is, and his docs say he can play, then they're going to favor Shane Victorino. So if day one, Victorino's healthy enough to play, he okay, will be so playing. Okay, so then if Farrell goes to his veteran so much, why isn't Alan Craig starting? He's a veteran, right? Okay, we got to have some talent. You can't like be like down by Alan Craig. There's a little give and take. All right. But, and plus, Farrell has attraction and like affection towards uh, oh, Shane yeah. Victorino because he was here for the World Series and all this stuff, and he's proven himself for his coach, and now he's sticking with him because he's now a John Farrell guy. So I'm not saying if you brought in, I don't even know, like Alex Gonzalez now, he'd get to play because he's a veteran. Like I'm not taking it that far. It's just like, oh, Nomar's coming out of retirement. Let's play him. I'm not going that far. It's just a matter of when John Farrell has his guys, he's going to play them. And most and 95% of the time, it's been a veteran who's been his guy. Luckily, this year, Bogarts is the guy at shortstop, and he's finally going to figure that crap out. But I think in a situation like this, where you have Mookie Betts, who is hitting 471 this spring, versus Shane Victorino, he's still going to play Shane Victorino in right field and sit Castillo, who, who has great potential, so that the Victorino can play and Betts doesn't have to sit, rather than Castillo and Betts playing. There's one veteran in that equation rather than no veterans in the center field and right field equation. Yeah, He's going to play as little, less experienced guys as possible. And that's what he's trying to do here, I think. And that's what I think almost Castillo going down to AAA is a way of making sure that he doesn't put go past his guns and put play him anyway. I think he wants to make sure he plays Victorino. Well, if he can produce, then I'm happy with it. If he can't, then I hope that I hope they make the necessary changes. Do you think Rusnay Castillo is an everyday player by the end of the season? I don't know. <laughs> I'm still not sold on him as I have not been every every show. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'll say, what's it going to take to get you turned around on Ruzne here? Play and play well, and we don't have any proof of that yet. Just dropped a three-run bomb the other day in his first right. game back over the over the well, monster. If he does that in the regular season. Let's talk. This kid's got potential. Yeah, I think he probably will be. I mean, I don't want to make a make a rash decision and say he will be automatically. Not that it matters what I say anyway, but I like to I like to see some proof in April and May that he can be a consistent everyday player before I before I say that he will be there at the end of the year. I assume you think he will be, because it sounds like you are. I do, because Betts is going to be traded. Oh, let's talk about Betts. He's hitting 16 of 34 with nine extra base hits and nine runs scored, and an inside-the-park home run just a couple days ago. What a spring he's had. Yeah, yeah, he is producing. There's no question about that, Jess. And that's why he's going to be hitting leadoff. Like like I said, he's going to be the leadoff hitter for this team, and he's probably going to be starting in center field. 
because there's no way, like I said, there's no way Victorino's not starting in right, and he's they're okay with playing Rusne in AAA. So, and Betts is on fire, but I, I'm pumping the brakes on this because spring training means nothing in terms of a guy's success. Pedroia had a pretty good spring training his first season, but then in April he came out and crapped himself and then figured it out. I don't, I'm totally on the Betts bandwagon. I mean, come on, he's. He, I know he, you he are. Went you so, have to, he went so one. through fast in the minors. He's been so good everywhere, and he just keeps doing it. And it's, I don't see anything bad about the guy. He's, he's great. He's a personal dude. He's a, apparently he's got great fashion sense. I read today as well. And yeah, he was criticizing right, John Farrell for his right. fashion. This guy's got it all. Told him to step up his he's game. Got everything. It's like West, Russell Westbrook only without the talent. <laughs> Seriously. So I, just, I don't know. I love everything about him, and I think he's definitely a keeper. You can trade him all day long, but. I'm keeping him until, until uh, till ever, <laughs> till whenever, till whenever. I have a whenever scenario, but we'll get to that later in the show. Uh, Mookie Betts, I'm not denying it. He's playing phenomenal. Like you said, he's hitting an obscene number at 471, uh, and only 11 games with nine extra base hits and a, and just, and of course that inside the parker, like you said. So he's hitting the ball well. He's seeing the ball well. Um, I won't say he's playing against top talent every time he gets to the plate. Yeah, but he's only but, two, so. <laughs> I get, yeah, but we're also saying he's going to be playing again in every day in Major League Baseball, so he should be able to do it against the older guys. He, he, I don't care if he's 22. If he's playing every day, he's going to be facing the Verlanders and the Scherzers and all those guys of the world that he should be able to do it despite his age. And I don't, I, it, He should be able to hit people that up at actually his level because you're putting him on this pedestal, Jess. You're putting Mookie Betts up in the top of this pet Red Sox baseball pedestal where everybody else was putting him. And he hasn't done anything for a whole season yet. I want to see this in April. I want to see this in July. And I want to see this in October. In well, the sure, playoffs. of course you do. I mean, I think there's going to be a little bit of, a little bit of adjustment period just because he hasn't played a full season. I think it might be a little, a little difficult at times. Hopefully not as difficult as Bogart's last year. But I don't know. I think he's, I think he's got the tools and he'll figure it out. I think he might have a couple, couple small slumps here and there, but, if people are remotely patient with him, I think he'll I think he'll make it pay off. I'm saying I think we should sell high. You you don't have any interest in selling high? No. No, no at all. This is probably the highest you're gonna get ever. I think he's gonna be a I think he's gonna be a Pedroia like player. I think he's gonna have that, that uh impact of just being a great player and being there every year and Yeah, think about what you can get from right. him. Think about what you could do if he's on your team. But think about what you can get now get, for that. You want to like, win now. I like having guys on my team, not not giving them away to other teams. <laughs> yeah, but you're gonna if you have a package with Mookie Betts as the headliner and you're selling high, holy crap, you can get something good and you're gonna win now because in this market you gotta win now. Yeah, well. Yeah, I have you. <laughs> I want to keep them there. I got to. I got to Jess. I got him. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I like win. players. We're trading Mookie Betts. You hear me? I silenced Jess, so we're trading Mookie Betts. Not too Betts. hard to silence me. <laughs> so we're trading Mookie Betts. I did it. You know that, but I, con- I conquered the number over. I conquer there. anything. <laughs> we're gonna keep him. Mookie Betts is no, being not. traded at some point oh. this year because if they're if they're doing well, they will try that they will trade him so they can get more pitching because this pitching staff's not going to succeed. You're just trying to if be controversial. If they are doing poorly, then they're going to try trade him to upgrade the team, to fill those holes, to get themselves better. Why am I saying controversial? Because <laughs> you want to break everything up and make things exciting. I don't want to break everything up. I want to get a better pitcher. Well, then give someone else up, not bats. 
I'm not giving up Swihart, and that's what they want. Well, well, I think Betts is more proven than Swihart at this point. Yeah, cool. So okay, so give up Betts, and then we'll sell we'll sell high on Betts. He'll <laughs> he'll suck in Philly in a couple years. We'll have Cole Hamels, and then we'll have Swihart coming up. We don't have to worry about giving hey. him up because Vasquez isn't going to be our everyday catcher. For the Cole future. Hamels is going to fall apart in two years, also. Okay, but we might have a World Series within those two years, so yeah, I'll take World it. World Series with Betts. <laughs> I don't think you're gonna get. I don't think you're gonna get one though. I don't, I'm not, I don't think you're gonna get one. Either way though, Betts. I think Betts has earned the starting center field job. I really do. Despite me wanting to trade him, the way he's hitting, there's no way. There's no way against him seeing the starting center fielder. Now, I'm not saying I'm gonna go this far as being a cynic as saying, oh well, look what happened with Grady Sizemore and Jackie Bradley Jr. They came on huge in spring, and Grady Sizemore was supposed to win that job, and he did, and then he he sucked, and then Grady, Jackie Bradley couldn't do it either. I think he's got a little more talent than both of them. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think you're going to see a Grady Sizemore situation and just see him fall flat on his face. The Grady Sizemore situation was a train wreck from the beginning. But, stop breaking things over there. But, (laughs) oh man. Uh, Yeah, so since Betts has more talent, I will give him the benefit of the doubt for actually succeeding in April. And before April, in March, really. It's only March. But, Give me till I'm giving him till like May. If he can put consistent numbers, he's not going to hit 471 on the season. Everybody, sorry, it's not happening. But if he can put like between like 290 and like 320 or 290 and higher, I don't. I can go higher if he wants. If he can get for anywhere between like 290, 295 and up, and obviously be that defensive presence that we've seen him be, then I'm cool with him being out there. But I still want Castillo out there at some point. So that means Victorino. Sorry, you get the you get the loose egg. Because Betts has earned himself a spot until he gets traded. Yeah, I mean, Victorino is definitely the odd man out. We've already stated that. But, yeah, I mean, this is spring training numbers. Obviously, you can't 100% put a ton of stock into them. But you obviously got to take it into consideration somewhat when you're trying to figure out who should play. And if a guy's hitting 471, then it looks pretty foolish to start him in the minors or start him on the bench. So I don't think there's any question he's going to be the, the starting center fielder, and I can't wait to see him play. Let's move on. I got you. I'm okay with that. We can, I, I, calm down. I'm not going to We'll move forward because Jeff said so. I think we spent a lot uh, on Let's move on. Where do we want to go next? We want to stay in order with the sheet yeah, says, Jeff? All right, we'll get to the fancy segment now. Like we said, every week we're going to do a fancy segment for you guys. Uh, Jess and I are in fancy leagues as well, so it's a little personal research for us as well. Yes, we're being selfish. Uh, this week we decided that we're going to do – Three studs from last year that will regress this year, meaning three people who had, for each of us, we're going to pick three people for you guys who we thought had monster years last year who are going to downgrade this year and don't expect them to produce the numbers they did last year. So, Jess, I'm going to let you go first. I see yours in front of me, but tell the people who you should fair warn them. Tell them who you think they should not stay away from, just expect less from. All right, well, my first one is going to be Justin Upton. Who is currently on the Padres now? He was on. Confusing, so much movement. I know, so much. Season. You gotta. You always gotta take the first couple of weeks of the season to figure out who's on what team, <laughs> unless you're like yeah. us and you're actually like researching it before it happens because we need yeah. to. So he was on Atlanta last year and he hit 270 with 29 homers, 102 RBI, pretty solid season. Now he's on San Diego. They got some good parts there, but he's in a completely different ballpark and had kind of an inconsistent career as it is so far. He's gone from 
15 homers to 26 to 17 to 31 to 17 to 27. You get my point. It's pretty pretty up and down. I think this will be another down year for him. He's going to be getting, getting used to a new place in, in San Diego. And they want him to be kind of the focal point, but I'm not sure if he'll be the, the, the best focal point. They're probably looking for Matt Kemp to be the best player on the team if he can stay healthy, which is always a problem with him. But I think up to I think you can't I don't think you're gonna be expecting thirty home runs and hundred RBI from him, maybe somewhere a little lower, maybe twenty home runs and seventy to eighty RBI. So I think look for him to have a little little worse year. He still wouldn't be the wor- the worst guy to get because obviously he's still a good player, but I wouldn't expect a monster monster stub like numbers from him that people may be expecting. Yeah, no, I agree. That's a good one. Number two, my friend. Number two. Victor Martinez. Oh, the bold one. The bold one. He's going to be good this year, Jess. When he comes uh, back, he's right. good. Well, I disagree. So, okay, so tell me why. Martinez, because well, first of all, he's 36 years old, which is, yeah, you know, getting up there. Chase out the age. <laughs> <laughs> and I, he had a great year last year. I, I love Victor Martinez. I, I was so excited when the Red Sox had him, and unfortunately, it didn't last longer because he wasn't here for very long. But last year in Detroit, he put up a 335 average, 32 homers, 103 RBI. That's a heck of a season. He was a real good player, but then now he's had some injury problems. And I don't expect him to be so dominant next year. This year, sorry. <laughs> I still think it was next year. <laughs> the year hasn't started yet. But this year, I don't expect him to be so good because I think he might continue to run into injury problems, kind of like maybe El Cabrera there kind of on the same path there, except Martinez is older. Like I said, he's 36, and he's had a heck of a career. Don't expect it to last forever. I don't think he's going to hit 335 and 32 home runs. I think probably expect more of maybe 300, which is still a good average, but it's not 335. And probably probably more like 15 to 20 home runs, not 32. So I don't. I think that he'll still have a good season, but if you're looking for like your best hitter or your star player, he's probably not going to be the guy for you because he'll start breaking down at some point. He's played for a pretty long time since 2002, and I think this might begin his downfall. It could be foolish because he had such a good last year, good year last year, but I just don't see him having quite the success. With I'm still so mad the Red Sox traded Victor Martinez. I know, he was here for such a short time. He was so, so good. He was here for a couple of years, and like you had a guy who could catch and play first. And all, he was he could have been here as long as he's been in the Tigers, if not longer. And they screwed the pooch on that. Yeah, one. really disappointing. So, if you want if you want MVP production for Martinez this year, I'm gonna say don't count on it. He will oh, be yeah, solid. Definitely, that's, that's, he's a great that, player. If you have a chance to get him, I would take him. But just don't expect the stats from last year. Like I said, don't expect him to be your best the best hitter in your entire fantasy team. I agree. All right, number three. Number three. Going with the pitcher for my third one, and his name is Phil Hughes. Ooh. Kind of an interesting guy. He's had some ups and downs in his career. You can say that about ten times straight. He's had a very odd <laughs> career. He's only 28 still. He started with the, the Yankees and struggled for a little while, and then he had a really nice year. And then, of course, like everyone else, he's had some injury problems. And then he headed over to Minnesota last year and had a very good season, 16-10, 352 ERA and uh, 186 strikeouts. Pretty solid pitcher. Now he's coming back this year, and he's kind of an inconsistent guy, kind of like uh, kind of like my other my other player, Justin Upton. I think he's kind of a 
kind of wavering a little bit, and I just do not see him having a 16-win mid-three-year a year. He's, I don't think he's that good. I think he's a good pitcher, but I think that was kind of an exceptional year for him, and I think you can expect him to still be good, maybe get you 10 wins. I'm not sure if you can expect 16 for him. So for whatever reason, I just, I'm just i just feeling a little bit of regression from him. And maybe maybe next, the following year he'll he'll be good again because he's so inconsistent. He's not old by any means or anything, but he's had an odd year. I mean, he's had an odd last couple of years, and I just don't see him putting up 16 win season this year. Good pitcher still, but I mean, as with all these guys, they're they're still good players. We're just we're just talking about them having less of a year than they had last year. So he's my third. All right, so those are your three: Justin Upton, Victor Martinez, and Phil Hughes. It's good three, Jess. Good job. Thanks. So, Jared, what are yours? My three. I'm, I have three ones here. Um, I changed one up on you, too, Jess, I, so you I'm get a surprise that. one. Uh, but my first one, I will save that surprise okay. for last. My first one will be uh, Jose Altuve of the Houston Astros. Now, this kid, 24 years old. I don't know if he's 25 yet. I think he's still 24. Um, he had 225 hits last year. With 56 stolen bases, 59 RBIs, and he hit 341 for the year. 341. I'm sorry, but those, those numbers should just automatically say I'm not going to do that again next year. Um, having 225 hits is one thing, but 56 stolen bases and hitting 341 in the year. I'm not saying don't draft the kid. He's going to be another great year. He might make another All Star game like he did last year, but. 341 is kind of high. Don't expect that from him. Don't expect 56 stolen bases and hit 225 hits. Um, that's an obscene amount of hits. Um, it's 707 plate appearances in 158 games. The kid's, the kid's good. I'm not saying don't draft him, but I think he's going to be one definitely to keep an eye out to not succeed like he did last year. Uh, so that's my number one. My number two is Ioannis Cespedes. Now, old friend now of the lovely Detroit Tigers. Uh, last year between Oakland and Boston, he had 22 home runs, 100 RBIs, uh, OBP of a 300, but batting average is 260. Um, 35 walks thrown in there as well. That, those are solid numbers for him, and I, I, I think that that's actually a pretty decent year for him. I don't think, expect it to be that high. I don't expect him to be a 300 hitter next year. Um, he'll have his chance for his RBIs, so I wouldn't. deny you for that one because he's going to be behind some good hitters there in Detroit so the RBIs are going to be a good one but I think his power numbers might fall a little bit Um, and I just don't think his RBIs will be, he won't hit the 300 mark for the RBIs again this year. How many plate appearances did he have last year? 645 so that's a good amount of plate appearances for 100 RBIs Uh, now he's going to be hitting lower in the order in Detroit rather than hitting like 3rd and 4th in Oakland and Boston, so he's going to get less plate appearances, so just expect his overall numbers to go down in his batting average. Batting average might stay around the same, but I expect that to drop as well. Finally, the surprise guest that I late just changed on Jess. I'm going to pick my third one. is going to be a pitcher by the name of Jonathan Papelbon. Ah, okay. uh, last year, I lost his numbers. Where are you? He's 33 years old last year. He had, let's see here, I just lost it. Saves, 39 saves. With an ERA of two oh four. Yeah, really good season. When he wins, wins he had let's see, had two wins in those appearances as well. Only let up two home runs on the season. Uh, Forty five hits, fifteen earned runs on those. So and he had sixty three strikeouts as well. He had a sneaky, really good year last year, despite being on a crap team. And 
I expect him to not do that again, because the year before that, let's see, what do you have the year before that? The year before that, he had 29 saves, and... 292, yeah. The year before that was... Yeah, so the year before that, and it was 38 saves. It's kind of almost like an every other year thing, so I kind of expect him to kind of fall off a little bit this year. It's kind of hard to, for his, at his age, on that bad of a team, you don't really know what's going to happen in terms of having save opportunities, and being able to strike guys out, being being able to get in the game a lot because the game might not be close. So I expect that the wins might stay the same. You're only going to get a couple either way. He's a closer. Um, big thing is the saves and the ERA. ERA, probably going to go up a little bit. Saves probably will not be 39. So expect Papelbon to go down as well. So Papelbon, Altuve, and Yoenis Cespedes. Are I just want to say a quick thing on Altuve. I feel like his, his monster season last year, I feel like it's kind of... Uh, consistent with Dustin Pedroia's MVP season in 2008, yep. where he just had unbelievable all-around numbers between average, more home runs than you'd expect, pretty decent amount of RBI for a two-hitter, a uh, ton of hits, ton of runs, stolen bases, doubles. I mean, he had everything. That's kind of what Altuve did last year. And then, as we know, Pedroia's tailed off a little bit and still been a good player, but not, not an MVP candidate like Altuve also was. So I kind of compare their careers a little bit, and Pedroia did fall off, so I could definitely agree with your, your Uve regression pick. Just wanted to let you know about that. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely going to happen. I, I just It's very high to expect a kid like that to come back and have the same season just like that. I'm not saying his numbers won't be big, but I definitely expect to drop off. All right, there's our fantasy segment, uh, top three people, studs to regress from last year to this year. Uh, we're going to move on now, and we're actually going to bring up the guy I just brought up, Jonathan Papelbon. Uh, reportedly said that he would open a return to the Boston Red Sox. I'm not going to spend a long time on this. I don't need to, but I just wanted to bring it up. I want to now do a, knowing this, I want to do a Mookie Betts package deal to get Hamels and Jonathan Babylon. And I'm all for it because then you can have, like we talked to the bullpen last week, you still have uh, Verdo, Tazawa, and uh, Koji. But then you put Papelbon in that mix too, and now you have six through nine covered in terms of innings. He's still good, and if you can get him back, take him. Yeah, I mean, he's really good. I, I mean, I've i always loved Papelbon. A lot of people are tired of him. A lot of people hate his guts. I've always liked him. I still like him, and I would definitely like him back on the team, but I'm going to stick to my guns because I don't want to trade Mookie Betts, so I, st- I still don't think it's, I don't think <laughs> no. it's worth it. Even, even, Damn, I, I yeah, tried to trick you. Um, I'm not going for it. Mookie Betts trading aside, would you take him back? Though? Oh, absolutely. I think he's great. I mean, he already knows this organization. The fans loved him here, as far as I could tell. We know he can pitch here. We know he can succeed in Boston. He has he's that most, mindset. Most saves in Red Sox history, so he can def he can definitely pitch true. here. So, oh yeah, if you could get him without without trading some, then I would absolutely take him. All right, I, I didn't want to talk about that long, but I know I wanted to bring it up because he he did mention it. Um, I would do it in a heartbeat, and I I definitely think it's worth considering if you can maybe squeak him in that deal if you do go get Cole Hamels. Even if you don't get Cole Hamels, I would still try to get him back here. Um, it really solidified that bullpen even more. Even if he's not your closer, if he's your eighth inning guy, I'm all for it. Um, actually, Jess, real quick, would you put him in the eighth or ninth inning? Um, I think it would be funny to make him the closer again. <laughs> I think it would be hilarious, but I don't know if they'd do it. I feel like Koji's proven himself for Farrell, and I think that he would stick, they would stick with Koji. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if that happened that they would start with Koji, but if he started to fail, they wouldn't go with somebody like Mujica or Tazawa. I think they'd probably go to Papelbon. I mean, you have Papelbon at your disposal in that case. You would definitely right. do it. 
Um, I'm, this is all hypothetical, of course. I don't think it'll happen. I don't think they're going to go get him. Do. I think that bridge was burned. I don't think he's coming back, but I think that someone asked him a question, and he said, sure, of course I'd go back there, because he's running out of options, people. He's stuck in Philly. He wants to win again. He knows he's not winning there. He said he's not going to win there. He's just trying to get anywhere as possible, and if he can open doors back here in the Red Sox fight, then he, he's making a good situation for himself, but I don't think it's going to happen. All right, let's move along here. Uh, quick hit on Hanley Ramirez. He's hitting well at the plate and playing well in left field. Um, ESPN has him at four of the top on their top ten list for outfielders going into the season. And that's a shock considering he was a shortstop until this year. Do you think that's too high, Jess? Is, is he just really playing that well? Are they going off of like offense wise or defense wise or both? Uh, just overall outfielders' success this year. Like both. I think it's both. I mean, I think it might be a little bit high, but. There's no reason to think that he's not going to play well, so I can see why they did that. I think his offense, I think his offense is swaying himself on that list Definitely. a little bit. But yes, it's both. It's technically supposed to be both. Right. Yeah, probably a little high, but I'm not going to argue with it. Yeah, he said that he's 100 percent comfortable out there, and he's getting used to. The, he's getting his reps. He's playing a lot this spring, so he's getting his reps out there. He's hitting well. He went, I believe. Hold on, I have it here in our doc here. Yeah, two for so, three yeah. with five RBI, a three-run homer, in addition. Yeah, so. The guy's getting comfortable with the plate. We all knew the dude can hit, and that's why he's hitting clean up here. And I've said many times now, it's very weird to see an Ortiz Ramirez on the lineup mm-hmm. card again, but I'm okay with it because they're going to be just successful. I'm not say just as successful, but they're going to be successful as another this Ortiz Ramirez 2.0. And if they can hit well, you have you leave room for Pablo. I think it's very successful having him here, and I think he's adjusting very well. I think we've seen him in his numbers, like you just said too in that last game, having that three run bomb. He's loving it here. I think he's really happy he got a chance to finally play in Boston. And I think this is I think the sky's the limit, honestly, for him, especially offensively this season. I think he's healthy and I think he's ready to go. Yeah, I like the move more now than I did when it happened. I was excited when it happened, but I wasn't really sold on what he could do. But it's good to see him hit a three on homer and have a big production day during spring training and I know he's been working hard in left field and that's good as well. And I think he's really really aiming to prove everyone how good of a player he can be because of the trouble he's had in the past and and being in the Red Sox farm system and then being traded. I think he'll be extremely motivated to play well here and being in the middle of the lineup. That's only going to be success and positivity for us. I hated it when it happened because I thought it meant he was playing short. <laughs> and that's what I was that's what I was afraid of, Jess, because we all know that they toyed with Mookie, not Mookie, but they toyed with Xander Bogarts last season, bringing in J.D. Drew and not letting him play shortstop. I was afraid that because at the time Pablo Sandoval hadn't officially I mean he signed but like when the rumors were flying around I thought this was oh crap here we go Hanley plays short Bogarts plays third and we don't let Bogarts play his position and then it all obviously fell into place and we got Pablo so then we knew he was playing shortstop and then we couldn't figure out what, what the heck was going on with Hanley Ramirez but seeing him play out more and seeing him play get comfortable with the wall and comfortable hitting here again. He looks healthy. I'm so 100% behind it. I love it, and I'm excited for Ramirez 2.0 in Boston, that's for sure. All right here. That's all I want to talk about that. We're just flying along topics here, little tidbits here. Now, we're just wanted to talk a little bit of this, so we're going to get into it here. Uh, he just wanted to get, do a little how, we, how what we're learning from spring training so far and because we have two weeks of the regular season, people, and we've talked a lot about spring training and what we think the lineup's going to look. Jess, what have you learned, and what have we seen from the Red Sox, Sox so far that maybe get us as fans and these fans around Boston excited for 2015? Well, there's no question the offense is, is good. They've they've shown some flashes of 
excellence between Mookie Betts tearing the cover off the ball and and uh, Mike Napoli's had a real good spring. And Woodrow has played. He's been good. He got progression from Swihart as well as uh, some of the younger guys are probably ready to give the chance here. But it's good to see some young guys get getting good production as well. I like what I've seen from Aaron Caccini. Uh, is that how you say it? Cicchini. Cicchini. I get confused on his name. He's hitting 306, and he has seven RBI as well. So a lot of good, a lot of good possibilities on offense and. People expected the offense to be good this year, and spring training has given us no reason to think that it's not going to be good. Uh, obviously, getting excited about Betts as we have been, and Ramirez after his five RBI game, and seemingly Pedroia being back on on track, and Napoli being back on track as well. So that, those are all good signs. Uh, um, defense as well. It's I mean just on the infield, and you got Sandoval, which is obviously very good. Because even though he's a big dude, he's always been good at defense and has a cannon for an arm. So I'm excited to see him. Bogart's getting comfortable at shortstop. Pedroia, obviously, the second no-brainer there. And Napoli's always been a very good fielding first baseman since he came. Since he started playing first base after being a catcher. So the infield's solid. Christian Vasquez is an excellent defensive catcher, so that's awesome. And obviously the outfield, Betts speedy. Uh, whether you're Victorino or Castillo, they're both fast guys as well. And... Ramirez is getting used to the wall on left, and he's got some speed as well. So the defense is definitely something to get excited about this year. I think for me, the two biggest things I've learned over the last few weeks here in spring games, I think we already knew that the starting rotation was going to be a problem. We kind of saw that one coming. Um, I think the two biggest things for me that we've learned is that the bullpen is going to be a lot better than we thought. Everyone was overlooking the bullpen. We kind of brought you a little preview last week here on Red Sox Beat. And we kind of showed you that Valvero is key. I don't know if you obviously go get Palabon that increases it. But even what you have now, you have Mojica there. You have uh, Workman there. You have Breslow. a bunch of guys plus Breslow. You have Tozawa and Koji, of course. You have arms out there. This bullpen could be very solid for you. And that I that was not sure of coming into spring training. But seeing the way these guys are pitching – throughout the game, because obviously you're going to get more reps in spring because the starters aren't staying in. These guys could make a pretty solid bullpen go throughout the summer here and leading up to potentially, a, hopefully, a postseason run. But that being said, the second thing that I'm, I have learned here, and it, it makes so much sense, and I'm so happy about it, is that this team actually can play defense. People were worried about, and I, me included, we're kind of worried about Pablo Sandoval's ability at third base, mobility-wise, because he did look kind of big coming into spring training. Um, but he's proven he can make all the plays still. Xander Bogarts is finally making the easy plays actually easy instead of missing throws, and, and he's actually making some some acrobatic parter plays and getting the balls up the middle. So I'm not worried about the defense at all right now on the left side of the infield because I think they're figuring it out. Uh, obviously, like you said, Pedroia and Napoli are there as well. Uh, Vasquez is going to be a great defensive catcher, just like you said. He is going to throw guys out. He can throw guys out. Um, don't sleep on Hannigan as well as the backup catcher. That guy still has an arm. He he knows how to call a game as well. I think your defense all around is better than people are going to give it credit for because we weren't sure about the whole infield going into the season, but if this defense plays the way it's been playing this spring, they could have one of the best infield in, infields in Major League Baseball. That's always hugely important because if you've got a solid defense, everyone takes you more serious. I know whenever, whenever the Red Sox are playing a team and and they show the the defensive numbers, and the team's like 13th in the AL. I'm always like, oh, that's that's not not that's not a sign of a good team. So 
I think people just automatically assume good defense means a good team, and if our defense is good, then maybe we'll have a good team. That's what we're hoping for. Well, look, and don't don't, don't forget too that this this defense right now is built to stop the ground ball. Obviously, you have great outfield. I'm not taking anything away from them, but look at your rotation, Jess. We've talked about ground this balls, all ground yeah. ball pitching. So if your defense, if we have the best infield or one of the best infields in Major League Baseball, that suits to right what the Red Sox were trying to do when they brought all these ground ball pitchers in. So. You see, you're kind of see their scheme and their plan and what Ben Sherrington was trying to make this lineup do kind of finally coming together because now you're starting to see it on the field and produce. you're seeing the producing and the production of this defense and Hanley is trying to get figure out left field and all this stuff, but you're seeing Bogarts, you're seeing Sandoval figure left side of the infield that's you don't have to worry about over there. You never really had to worry about the right side of the infield. It was just a matter of if you could have a well-balanced infield. Now I think you do, Jess. Yeah, I, I'm so excited about the infield. If, if Bogarts is figuring everything out, then he can be a deadly double play combination with Pedroia because Pedroia makes anyone anyone look good, even if they don't, even if they're not a good fielder, he still makes them look good. So if if he's improved, which he definitely is, then they're going to be a deadly tandem and gotten two really good solid players with Sandoval and Napoli on the other side. That's could definitely be one of the best infields in the league. So that that's spring training in a nutshell. We're all excited. We we're ready to go. Uh, two more things, just quickly before we get out of here. Uh, one, I'm going to skip over here. I want to talk about Jackie Bradley because Jackie Bradley's hitting 333, uh, 10 for 30 this spring, and that was the problem. His problem was he couldn't hit. We all seen him make the acrobatic plays in the outfield. What does this mean for him? Like, is this are they confident enough that they can put him on the roster, or is, he, is this kid still destined for Pawtucket because of his past? Well, what I'd say is I say definitely have him play some in Pawtucket just because we got some options in the outfields we've talked about. But if this hitting the spring training ten for thirty is actually legitimate and not like an outlier, like just like assuming that he'll go back to being a bad hitter again, if this is for real then this is somebody you got to look at to be on the roster. I don't know if he... If he Would you trade him? I'd trade him over Betts just because Betts is already... Oh, but he's a, he's a better defensive outfielder, I though. I don't, I'd rather not trade either of them. I, we just have too many outfielders is what it is. I think the golden situation here for the Red Sox would be Jackie Bradley is finally what he's supposed to be and can kick hit enough that he can be put in the lineup. And then you can have Jackie Bradley play right or center. Ruzne Castillo probably, hopefully, play center. And then you can trade Mookie Betts. Well, I'm, I'm sure that's what because, you want to say, yeah. Because you're going to still probably get more from Mookie Betts than you will for Jackie Bradley. and Probably. If you can trade Jackie Bradley and keep Mookie Betts, I'm all for it. But I just don't think you're going to get as much in return for Jackie Bradley. Jackie Bradley's not bringing you Cole Hamels. Boogie Betts can probably bring you Cole Hamels. Well, well, Jackie Bradley could probably bring you Jonathan Papelbon. <laughs> true, but he's not bringing you Cole Hamels. Right. So I think you got to decide who, what you want out of that deal. If you want to do two separate deals, trade for Papelbon now, then just trade Jackie Bradley if he's fine. But if you want Cole Hamels, you got to trade Boogie Betts. Well, trades aside, would you wait? Actually, both. Quick, quick question yeah. for you, Jess. Would you trade both of them if it meant getting Hamels and Papelbon? Mm, no, I'll stick to my no. guns. <laughs> okay, I'm cool. I'm cool with that. I'm I'm proud of you for not flip flopping. I wanted to get you to flip flop. Yeah, I don't I want to. I'm I'm sticking to it. I I'm not a huge fan of trades, and if I'm not, if I'm 
if I'm sold on the player, you'd be trading and not sold on the player, you'd be getting back because I think Hamels is overrated. I've said that before. But trades aside, I'm just going to say this. I think if Bradley Jr. is has figured out how to hit, then that could be a really dangerous part of the team at some point, whether it's in the future, a year from now, or sometime this season, because his defense is just incredible. I could watch that guy play defense all day long. If you put that, if you that put makes... that defense with that with with actually a, a solid offense, then this guy could be someone really good. And to be honest, I really didn't think he was going to turn around his offense because he just looked so lost at the plate. So that's really encouraging to me to see him play like this. I like to see if he can continue to play like that in Pawtucket. See if maybe it can translate into major league success because if he can do that, then boy, he's going to be a really good player. That makes your outfield so much deeper than it already was, Jess. Because coming into the year, we were all listing off the depth that they had, all these players. Jackie Bradley was always at the bottom of everyone's list because we, we all came, shunned him off. So if you yeah. had, exactly, so if you give him, put him back to where he should be, that adds another layer to this deep outfield that we have. So there's a lot to worry about. Obviously, keep an eye on Jackie Bradley as well. One quick thing, Jess. How about? the Red Sox running an opposite course to decide who plays that day. Well, I think it's funny just because it's kind of a different little thing, and I think it's good to be unique and and uh, do new things to have some fun. And I know like, I know the players bonded over it, and, of course, Mookie Betts won it with a, a run at the end because Mookie Betts is doing everything this spring, so why wouldn't it be him? So <laughs> I think it's just a fun, little, a fun little activity to spice things up and have everyone have some fun. Put that on the pitch to the Phillies. Yeah, he wanted an obstacle course. <laughs> Take him. You want him. You know you do. Uh, if you if you haven't heard, obviously the Red, the Red Sox ran an obstacle course to decide who would start against the Marlins because it was a five hour drive to the Marlins ballpark, and they didn't want they want they just figured instead of forcing someone to go, they let the players earn their time off. And Mookie Betts' group won, so the other group involving including Dustin Pedroia and some of the bigger names were forced to go play in my against the Marlins. Um, Interesting way by John Farrell, but it kept a little. He said he wanted to keep competition in spring, and that was the, definitely one way to do it. Guys were hungry to not make that five-hour bus drive, considering they're used to flying planes everywhere. So I think it's a good little game, despite um, having to play your starters. Your starters lost, so you have to go play. Uh, except for Mookie Betts, because he earned his time off. That's for sure. Uh, Phillies, you hear that? He won a relay race. He's fast. So uh, you, de- you, de- you you want him? He can steal your bases for you. Give us Cole Hamels, and we'll give you, we'll give you the. Uh, Opposite course champion of the year of spring training. We'll even give we'll even give you the Grapefruit League uh, opposite course plaque that comes with it. That's Just exciting. Take Just take them now. All right, that's a wrap. We're gonna end there. Good show though, Jess. Lots to talk about. I, I, I was cutting everything close just because I wanted to get everything in. But uh, before we get out of here, don't forget, again, today's show is brought to you by Lynda.com. Free 10-day trial. Go to Lynda.com backslash CLNS to get your free 10-day trial. Like I said at the beginning, over 4,500 different courses. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Web development, photography, visual design, Photoshop, WordPress. I can go on forever. There's a bunch of experts on there teaching you a bunch, all a bunch of these courses. It's great to go on there and get your free 10-day trial and get 2015 kicked off right if you haven't already. Also, uh, free plug here from our, our friends over at Celtic Speed here on CLNS Radio. Go check them out as well. They're hitting a lot of success so far. They had Jackie Mack on this week from ESPN, so go on and check Celtic Speed out as well. It's a great podcast. Jess is part of the Celtic Speed team as well. So go on and check their work as well. They're a great podcast. Jess, we got to a lot today, my friend. Yeah, it's amazing how much stuff you can put into a one-week show. I guess a lot happens over a week if you if you dig for it. Yeah. Once the, uh, once the season gets going, obviously we're in full swing now in swing training. We're going to have a lot more stuff for you, of course. Uh, stay tuned for a way, you, different way you can be involved besides social media. We're working on that as well. 
Um, again, don't forget, follow us on Facebook. Or, well, follow us on Twitter, but go obviously go check out our Facebook. We're at Red Sox Speed on Twitter. I'm at JSCal underscore 18. Jess is at Jess. Stealing us underscore just saying. Yes, yeah, I, I, I remembered it. Um, I don't know why your Twitter handle is so hard to remember. Um, we are on Google Plus now, so go and check us out there as well. We are going to be on Tumblr hopefully soon. Once I get the motivation to go up there and get us a Tumblr page, I will be honest with you. Uh, once we get what we've been posting to Reddit as well, so go check that out. Obviously, you can go check great Red Sox written coverage on CLNSRadio.com as well. Um, so that being said, there's plenty of places to check us out. Stay tuned for some exciting news about the podcast and what you can be involved, like I said. Other than that, we've got two more weeks till regular season. Jess, I hope you have a great week. And uh, we will talk to you all next week. So, uh, yeah, bye. bye.